and we are recording for a very special bonus episode that uh, we are calling live stream overtime. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money. That is uh, something that we alluded to on our Twitter feed. And we also mentioned it on the uh, recent After Hours. What we're doing here is uh, kind of closing the loop on our segment for Livestream for the Cure, which was a resounding success, not to pat ourselves on the back too much. But uh, those of you who were there, thank you. You're great. Those Mm -hmm. of you who are not there, well, there's always next year. Alex and I and Nick and Gerald and everybody else in the audience, we we had a a good time. We raced. Uh, We went past our... Our goal of five hundred dollars, we made it a little over six hundred. So it was, it was good times, and uh, you, all of you listeners, will be reaping the rewards because that means that we're going to be taking care of uh, uh, the four movies we promised, our four tiers, either probably around the time that the the patron takeover ends. But uh, we're going to be doing an episode on Original Sin, an episode on Aaron Brockovich, an episode on the Flintstones, and an episode on Jerry Maguire. So. Be prepared. Alex, do I even need to ask you which one you're most excited for? I mean, any chance to watch Jerry Maguire is always dope. But yeah, I'm just excited to kind of introduce you to the live action Flintstones movie. Enthralled even. <laughs> uh, and I've never seen Original Sin. Unlike you, I didn't grow up with that. So, well, Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, I think I'm a little too old to be a uh, wood by Antonio Banderas and is, Angelina Jolie, but is this patron or is this going to go on our main feed? This main feed. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, so first order of business here that is to thank everybody that donated, everybody that just showed up, everybody that retweeted us, that that spread the word about our segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. It was really good. It, it was great. It worked because you guys were there and you were participating and you were donating and just keeping us in high spirits for 60 minutes. And yes. uh, the second order of business and really the, the reason why this exists, uh, this this little bonus episode, is that there were there was some unfinished business in our segment. <laughs> uh, first of all, th- there were some movies that we just didn't get to. We ran out of time as, as, as it happens. We got through most of them, but uh, I finally was able to go uh, go back and look at our segment and check the chat and s- pick the movies that we didn't really get to talk to. So we're going to do that in this segment. We're going to do the, the mini contrarian treatment for the movies that, that we didn't get to. And then for all the movies, the ones that we did on the segment and the ones that we didn't get to, we are going to do the Josh Gad Minute because we were supposed to do that originally. When we were talking mm-hmm. about our, our upcoming live stream segment, we said we're going to do the mini contrarian treatment and we're going to do the Josh Gad minute. We're going to cast Josh Gad in these movies. And we just just completely forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> we we hit the ground running and then Josh Gad was left behind. So um not to worry. That's that's what we're here for. So I was telling Alex right before we started recording, uh, I have a list of 18 movies. Most of those like I said we we covered on our live stream segment, but for those we'll just place Josh Gad in them. And then for the ones that we didn't get to, we'll uh, we'll do a full mini contrarian treatment that should put to rest all the <laughs> all the loose ends from our our live stream segment, and hopefully encourage those of you who didn't make it this year to uh, to plan around their segment next year, so you can you can be there and and play along. But uh, Alex, let's get started. Let's let's do this. 
Um, we'll go by one by one. Okay. Uh, so we're going to start with a movie that we did do the mini uh, contrarian treatment, Ballistic X versus Sever. Mm-hmm. As uh, Antonio Vanderas, Lucy Liu, spy thriller, I guess. Two deadly agents. ID. A former FBI agent named Jeremiah X. Sworn enemies. Seven. Are tracking it down. We have acquisition located. Notorious 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Neither of us has seen it. We both sounded pretty uh, positive about it. <laughs> Where do you put Josh Gad here? Do you do you have the balls to have Josh Gad replace Antonio Banderas? I don't even know who the hell else is in this movie. No. I don't even know if Banderas is X or Sever. Ray Park. <laughs> <laughs> DIA agent AJ Ross. Greg Henry as FBI agent Clark. Okay. Greg Henry. Yeah. He's he's one of those um James Gunn regulars. Uh-huh. Anything, anything Greg Clark does, Josh Gad can do better. Yeah, uh, replace Greg, and yeah, I could do Josh Gad as FBI agent Clark. I, again, I don't really know what they do in this movie because I haven't seen it. But <laughs> I, at the same time, it would be very, very funny to replace Josh Gad with Antonio Banderas on the poster, the very futuristic Matrix-like poster <laughs> that they had. It's the thing. It's like, well, if we make it blue and black, they won't really know it's like the Matrix because it's not green. And then you just spend the entire movie anticipating that clash, the Josh Gad versus Lucy Liu battle. I forgot. This is directed by um, Weish, Weish, Keo Sanadana. And let me sound this out. Keo Sanada. And they went under the pseudonym Chaos. Chaos following on the steps of... Uh, McGee. McGee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's ballistic. Then we have the Mummy, not the Brandon Fraser original or the uh, Boris Karloff super old black and white movie. Uh, no, this is Tom Cruise, the Mummy. Welcome to a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I saw her. He is real. Where do you put Josh Gad there? Uh, I already know because I've seen this movie. And I'll have you know that okay, you haven't seen this, right, Alex? No. Do you even know what, what the mummy is about? No. In the Tom Cruise version? Like Tom Cruise dies and he becomes a mummy. I think that's what happens. Well, Tom Cruise has a, a, a sidekick, a funny sidekick, would you when you know it, uh, in this movie, played by Jake Johnson. Yeah, replace Peter him Parker. with Josh Gad. Yep, yeah. has to be right. Yeah. Like you, you just replace uh, the funny sidekick with uh, somebody that's maybe a little less action oriented, but just as funny, maybe even funnier than Jake Johnson. And uh, who doesn't want to see Josh Gad and Tom Cruise running side by side, gunfire and explosions happen all around them? Match made in heaven, right there. Yeah, we we need this. Maybe the movie wouldn't have bombed if you had Josh Gad there. Um. Next, they threw a swordfish at us, which you know we've done on the show before. Yes, and that was a that was a Halle Berry pick. My employer wants to meet you. He'll pay you just to meet you, Stan. Ever heard of Operation Swordfish? Nope. This is a sweet deal, nine and a half billion. Do you have any idea of how much money that is? We're going over the phone lines. Pop the fire off. Sit back, wait for the money. 
this one you've seen, Alex. So where do you put Josh Gad in Swordfish? Is he the hacker? Are we replacing Hugh? I would buy Josh Gad as a hacker. I mean, for optics, it'd be funny to replace Vinny Jones. <laughs> and have uh, Josh Gad be like this menacing foreign character. Um, Shaved head. Yes. God, I forgot fucking Sam Shepard is in that movie. Yeah, (laughs) fuck it. Replace Vinnie Jones. You know, you go from extremely intimidating and lumbering to diminutive and uh, unimposing. And then you can have him do something crazy. Are you staying away from replacing Travolta just out of respect? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Travolta belongs in this movie. All right. uh, Next, the Mexican. That was a Julia Roberts pick. Sam was hoping to start her new life with Jerry, but there's been a sudden change in plans. You get in a flight to Mexico, you pick up a pistol, bring the gun back to me. I was under the impression that the last job was my last job. This job will be your last job. If you get on that plane, you will never, never, ever see me again. If I don't go, I'm dead. Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts, James Gandolfini. Where do we put Josh Gad? Three white people in a movie called The Mexican. I think we made that joke on the air. Uh, uh, David Crumholtz is in it, and anything that he can do, Josh Gad can replace and do. Sorry, Crumholtz, but it's- I'm not. You know how much like every year the Santa Claus just runs like clockwork on TV, and he gets those sweet royalty checks every year. <laughs> That's why he's so picky with his roles. Watch Did like. I- Watch like he was like a huge asshole into the Lewin Davis thing where he's just like, fuck it, just pay me for the session. Like, all right, but you're not going to get royalties on this. Yeah, fuck it. And so like he hates that movie every time he sees it. That song's hilarious. It's going to be a hit. A lot of royalty checks coming your way. All right. This one we didn't do on the segment, Alex. X-Men Last Stand. That's another Halle Berry movie. Since the dawn of existence, there have always been moments when the course of history shifted. Such a turning point is upon us now. That's what, that's, that has to be vibrant in your memory because you just mm-hmm. marathoned all the X-Men movies not too long ago. It's so bad, too, that it's shocking. It's It would have to be a gray area movie because it's 57%. Uh, what? It's, yeah, it's better than Dark Phoenix by leaps and bounds. Um, so would that be would that be the angle? We would just be like, oh, this is the the good version of Dark Phoenix. It would be. Uh, we would talk about it being like Elizabeth Towned by its own franchise. <laughs> franchise. <laughs> we didn't know what we had at exactly. The time. <laughs> we would talk about, and the angle would also. We would rely heavily on praising Kelsey Grammer as Beast, wouldn't you think? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I would praise something that it, that is. Like a little bit of real talk, uh, but I would I would definitely lean on on how unpredictable it is in the sense mm-hmm. that they kill Cyclops in the first ten minutes, they kill Professor X like I don't know forty minutes in, um, they they take away Magneto's powers, <laughs> so it's, it was okay. You know, they were taking chances. Yeah, since we're shooting from the hip here, um, <laughs> it's a it's a, an hour and forty minutes. Number one, the, you, right. you got me there. Uh, there are some really interesting scenes with Famke Jansen and Hugh Jackman, and they like throughout the 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 trilogy, I guess you call it. They do have just unbelievable chemistry together, and that scene where she like 
<laughs> basically like tries to rape him and he's like no gene no <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's trying to keep his claws from from popping out yeah and the it, it, it's not followed up on at all but i remember watching that and that scene was so much more interesting than i thought originally and yeah i could see you say it, it's played cheap and just kind of for cheap thrills or whatnot but that's not the position we're coming from i think that scene and there's another one they have i mean at the end when he kills her well before that when she's like struggling and she tells him to kill her I forget what she does in that one scene, but she's like asking him to help him, like, help me, kill me. And he's like, no, that's, it's supposed to be Cyclops, not me. Yeah. And he, he's really torn. It's God. Yeah. Hugh Jackman was really good in those movies, man. Um, it's not his fault. They became all about him, you know? And then yeah. on top of that, we got to have how some about the, the fact, how about the fact that we get uh, a live action meme? Oh, uh, Oh. Speaking of Vinnie Jones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that I remember like in the theater, like what? And I loved the I'm the juggernaut bitch. We used to quote that all the time when I was a freshman in college. But you can't cross that line and expect to come back from it. Uh, <laughs> and they didn't really. Now we live in an age of meme <laughs> movies and meme Saturday Night Live and <laughs> meme culture. And Vinny Jones, who, why the fuck would you cast Vinny Jones as Jugs? So, where do you put uh, Josh Gad in this movie? Is he going to replace uh, Vinny Jones again? Is he going to be the juggernaut? I mean, that'd be awesome to keep that going. Um, I'm I'm going to say something that may, might be really controversial and people may take umbrage <laughs> with it, and I don't give a fuck. He would make a more believable juggernaut to me than Vinny Jones did. And I like Vinny Jones. You guys know I love Snatch. <laughs> and... Um, Eurotrip, Eurotrip, and just him in general. He's uh, got some good comedic time, and he's also he's just great in those Guy Ritchie movies, um, Guy Ritchie type movies. But yeah, look at Juggernaut. You can put, <laughs> you can pull that off with Gad, because Juggernaut too, depending on the interpretation of him, is just huge. It doesn't necessarily mean he has to be really tall, right? Uh, so, and you know, some of the creative liberties that are taken in this movie. I mean, Rogue is a fucking Amazon, and Anna Paquin's a tiny little thing. So I think you could easily pull that off. And again, no beef with Vinnie Jones here, replacing him two times in a row. But, you know, the gad waits for no man. And also, just to finish my thoughts on putting that movie over since we didn't talk about it before, the ending of X3 is incredible. And I mean, literally, the ending is in like the last 30 seconds of the movie. Uh, Magneto, Magneto, movie when he's, chess piece. Yes, and that feels like a definitive ending to a series. You know what I mean? Like that feels that's like a way you end a trilogy because we just, just watched this character go through this horrible moment where you know his mutant powers are taken because he's you know he's too evil. They couldn't stop him, uh, but we know through watching up until this point three movies, like hey, this guy's he's got too much fight in him and you know, he's never going to stop. And so we see that kind of right there at the end. And it's this moment of kind of like, (laughs) all right, you know, it will never be over. Exactly. And, (laughs) and now that's the story of superhero movies. It will never be over. (laughs) So it it Uh, was ahead of its time in more ways than one. 
Well, Alex, uh, I mean, we praise it so much that we have to do this. Something else that we kind of hinted at maybe uh, doing, and of course we didn't have time, but let's give uh, X-Men The Last Stand a criterion. Because, you know, you need the 13-minute the introduction, like when you first put in the disc, the 13-minute introduction by Brett Ratner, where he, he talks about his process getting into the franchise. And then, you know, you need an essay written by... Uh, you get Stan Lee, you mm-hmm. know, back then he was still, he was still around. So the box art, uh, they don't do that with criterions. So that doesn't work. Um, is it what, just, uh, what uh, I was going to say is that shot of Magneto, all of them on the golden gate bridge while it's turning and it's the entire cover. So when you open the the <laughs> box, like, you know, it's one image, but they do that thing where the su- the spine is separated from everything else. So, um, no, what you do is uh, you recreate the the cover of X Men One, but you know you recreate it with live action actors because I think you got everybody, right? Because I, I I don't know if you're familiar with the cover of the first X Men comic ever, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's the original team. So it's uh, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Iceman, Beast, and uh, Angel attacking Magneto. And you have all of them in this movie. But do you have them in like the the retro, just blue and <laughs> yes. yellow clothes? Okay. Yeah. And then for the disc art. Would be two discs. One one has the supplements. And the one for the supplements is just like a chess piece. Well, you got to have the angel somewhere. Because that's like the, that was like a big part of the marketing was that big reveal where his wings go. Oh. So <laughs> that's got to be somewhere. Maybe that could be the disc. Is uh, just like the back of Angel with his wings spread. Spread or are they clipped? Because, you know, the movie opens with, with him. like No, 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 no. That, okay, that's the, the cover of the Criterion is the bloody clipped wings. <laughs> and it just says The Last Stand. It doesn't even say X-Men on it. <laughs> and then the inside the, of the box, when you because, you know, the Criterion cases are always clear. That's where you have the full-length image of the golden gate bridge scene where magneto's turning it and then the disc <laughs> yes okay the cover is the clipped bloody wings just bare the last stand you open it up the disc is the spread wings like grown back you know <laughs> <laughs> or the chess piece that's also a really good idea i like that one it's just a little harder to fit the chess piece and the design of the of the disc you don't Dude. have to do the full chess board and then one of the supplements yeah. would be called like um creating a phoenix a 30-minute sit-down with Famke Jansen. <laughs> Another one would be ending a trilogy. Wink. <laughs> ending a trilogy. An expose on Brett Ratner. <laughs> well, you're welcome, listeners. We, we got a criterion in there. Uh, all right, next, uh, Cloud Atlas. We we talked about it there. We did the, the mini contrarian's treatment. And we also referenced that episode 50 of this here show, we did Cloud Atlas as a, as a gray area. This is the Cloud Atlas sextet. I doubt there's more than a handful of copies in all of North America. But I know it. I know I know it. What we didn't do was put Josh Gad in this cast of thousands, but played by six actors. So would you put Josh Gad as just like one of the actors and have him play like all the characters that that actor plays in the movie? Or would you just replace one character with Josh Gad? Vinny Jones is out of here, man. He's getting replaced. <laughs> no, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I would do that. I would have him replace Jim Sturgis because Jim Sturgis <laughs> sucks. <laughs> oh man, so you're gonna you're gonna put the gad in uh, yellow face? Hey man, I I didn't make him do that. That's the Wachowskis. That's their that's their choice, not mine. All right. So that means that uh, so that means that the gad gets poisoned by Tom Hanks. In one of the stories, he he's kind of a an Asian action hero. In another story, he gets murdered in the future. Do you remember that uh, Jim Sturgis gets his neck, his throat slit? By, yes. uh, I think by Hugh Grant. I remember what else. I, I think those are his three big roles. But yeah, I mean, I, I, that movie is just so out there that uh, you can you can do anything. <laughs> you can put Josh Gad anywhere, and then he wouldn't be out of place. Um, Next, The Last Samurai. That was a Tom Cruise pick. Japan's got it in mind to hire experts to train their army. We will pay you $400 a month. Five. How many other genuine heroes you got lined up? (laughs) Where do you put Josh Gath here? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. Tony Goldwyn? With the mustache, you have the gat grow a mustache, a Civil War mustache that just sees him through the entire movie. Yeah, I mean you got to keep we love we love Timothy Spall here on the Contrarians, so we got to keep him around. Really, Tony Goldwyn's the only honky that I could think of replacing with. Uh... <laughs> you know what? It would be funny if if Josh Gad just then from from that moment on takes over the career of Tony Goldwyn. And so he is the president in uh, the Kerry Washington show where she's a lawyer and she has an affair with the president. The president is Tony Goldwyn. Well, th- just Josh Gad just replaces Tony Goldwyn for good, like in this timeline. And so he is, and I think it's called Scandal, what the show. But anyway, Kerry Washington and, and Josh Gad. It's a forbidden love. I'd buy it. Um, this one we didn't get to, Alex. In, the, in this one, I noticed it was from... from uh, Friend and patron, Film Busters Ben. I guess it was a Halle Berry one. New Year's Eve. Some people swear there's no beauty left in the world. No magic. Oh, come on. We've got to do something to get you out of your New Year's Eve funk. Then how do you explain the entire world coming together on one night? It's New Year's Eve, bro. We're doing something. To celebrate the hope of a new year. Have you seen New Year's Eve? Yes. It's one of those ensemble pieces that you love so much. Yeah, that's not a good movie at all. Fucking Robert De Niro's in it. It's it's Halle Berry, Robert De Niro's nurse. Is yes. that what's happening in that one? Yeah. Okay. I've seen bits and pieces. I think uh, Ashton Kutcher in it. <laughs> you could just name someone from the early 2010s <laughs> and you would likely be right. Josh Gad may be in it already. <laughs> Till Schweiger's in it, for Christ's sake. John Lithgow. I'm just, John like, Bon Jovi? Right? Bon Jovi's in there, yeah. Yardley uh, Smith, Penny Marshall has a cameo in it. I'm guessing it's rotten, so we have to say nice things about it. Let's see. 7%. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had no idea. It was so bad. It's just, <laughs> Or at least so badly received. It's trash, man. But it's the... Yeah, I was about to say it made blah, but I, don't, I would like $140 million, but in the pantheon of movies that's just kind of a drop in the ocean uh for the the gad get josh doom all the fuck out of this movie he <laughs> sam aaron jr is who josh Dumal plays so we will replace him with josh gad 
<laughs> he has a love story with uh, with Catherine Heigl, I think, maybe. Or no, he, that's a different movie where he has a love story with Catherine Heigl. You're thinking of... Um, the one that, where they, they have a that, baby, they adopt a baby. Is that called like Life as I Know It or Life as We Know It? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Bride of Chucky's Catherine Heigl, no less. <laughs> Dude, fucking Ludacris plays a cop in this movie. Well, we have to say nice things about it, though, because we have to. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, someone actually gave him a shot at playing something besides just being ludicrous. Um, (laughs) Have you seen the Fast and the Furious movies? Carlo Gugino's in it, so we got that. All right. And and De Niro, too. Please tell me that they they get together. Carrie Always, why not? Alyssa Milano. Uh, Sofia Vergara is always, like, awesome to look at. Uh, (laughs) Common is in it. As Chino, <laughs> Jesus, and uh, Seth Meyers, and I can tell uh, my story about the end credits were like shots of everyone in the movie with like their name, so it took like an hour, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's like the end of a Avengers Endgame with their signature or <laughs> the picture. I sometimes will think about that and just think to myself, the nerve. <laughs> I think I probably said on the episode, if it was the end, then yeah, you you warrant something like that, but it it's not. And you were probably like, well, it's the end of phase one. And the end for some of them. I guess. Downey will be back after Oppenheimer bombs. Uh, <laughs> dude, I'm fired the fuck up about Oppenheimer, but of any Nolan movie, and like with this amount of undertaking and financial investment, this, no pun intended, has... It could be the bomb. But, of course, Nolan, <laughs> you know, he's like, uh, in a lot of ways, James Cameron. He's done a lot of unconventional things and come out the other end <laughs> much richer. Anyway, Michelle Pfeiffer's also in this movie. So the end credits would show everybody and show their name over them. And over that, it played that song by Pink that's like, So raise your glass if you are wrong and I'll be right. I like that song. I like pink. I get down with some pink. And uh, for a while when we had that movie, that was like the one of the last movies to drop. And so, I'm sorry, uh, what that means. When I was a projectionist, um, for the run we had New Year's Eve, it was one of the last movies to start. So it was one of the last movies to end. And so when I'd be shutting down the projectors and stuff, it would be wrapping up and I would crank up the volume in the projection booth of that pink song and just fucking jam to it while I was shutting down projectors and stuff. So, despite all odds, I have a minor sentimental attachment to New Year's Eve. <laughs> uh, I think I would come at it, Alex, as uh, just how with its all-star cast, this is the the mainstream non-pretentious version of a Wes Anderson movie. Ooh, uh, you get all one. these... All these great actors, get them for five minutes each, but it never feels like the movie's talking down to you, like the movie's trying to, like you don't get it. You absolutely get it. These are <laughs> these are people, these are artists that are just getting down on the level of the audience. Yeah, you know, there's there's nothing obtuse, ambiguous about, let's say, Halle Berry taking care of Robert De Niro, or mm-hmm. I think Bon Jovi is uh, 
with Michelle Pfeiffer. Maybe that's the love story I'm thinking. No, no, no. Michelle Pfeiffer, Zac Efron is in it, right? Michelle Pfeiffer is the, the uptight woman that, that needs to loosen up, and Zac Efron is the guy that's helping her loosen up. I think that's... I would watch that. <laughs> not not the movie, them having sex. <laughs> I don't know that they have sex. I think that the, the idea is that there's a, an age gap that's too much for them to to handle. I don't know. Crazier things have happened New Year's Eve, but uh, yeah, no, we can we can have fun with it. We we had yeah. fun with uh, he's uh, just not that into you, another ensemble piece, and I know they're not quite on the same level, but you know, concept wise, yeah. Next, Moonfall. We did talk about this. You were really excited <laughs> to find out that Roland Emmerich had made another disaster movie. I've made a shocking discovery. I need you to get me in touch with NASA immediately. Well, NASA and I aren't really on speaking terms these days. Well, that'll change. When you tell them that the moon is out of orbit. There's another Halle Berry pick. I guess she's, she's one of the main characters. Uh, so all we need to do now is put Josh Gad in it. Who was her her uh, love interest in this movie? Her her ex that now she must work with? Is it Patrick Wilson? Patrick Wilson, yeah. Is it too much of a stretch to put Josh Gad in the Patrick Wilson role? Um, no. It's on Max. Drop, <laughs> drop the HBO. Uh, yeah, I guess it would just surface level knowledge of this movie. It would either have to be uh, P. Will or um, Michael Pena that gets replaced by the Gad. I don't remember his name, but uh, the guy that played Sam in Game of Thrones is in it, and he's literally like a British Josh Gad. Is that Charlie Plummer? No. Okay. <laughs> it's a. Uh, oh, John uh, Bradley? Yes, John Bradley. Do you know him from anything? No, but his face looks like someone who was on Game of Thrones. And also, he, the, can you see Josh Gad replacing him easily? Oh, yes. he, Dude, <laughs> all I'm looking at here is his Wikipedia picture, but he looks like a British version of Josh Gad. So, yeah. Now I want Josh Gad in Game of Thrones. God damn it. It's too late. All right. Next. Okay, this you're going to have to look up, Alex. Dark Tide. All one word. Did we talk about this one? Mm-mm. My father once told me to be careful of the things you love most in the world. Because if you're not careful, that very thing can also destroy you. Dark Tide is a 2012 American action horror film directed by John Stockwell. Uh, Based on a story by Amy Sorley, stars Halle Berry, Oliver Martinez, and Ralph Brown. The film was a critical failure and box office bomb. Budget of $25 million with a $1 million return. Ouch. There's uh, three Halle Berries in a row, by the way. New Year's Eve, Moonfall, Dark, Dark Tide. Of course, Dark Tide we didn't get to do. She uh, has had a quizzical career, to say the least. <laughs> so w- what's this movie about? Can't even. Oh, Kate. Kate is Halle Berry. Kate is a shark expert whose business has been failing since a shark attack killed a fellow diver under her command. Once dubbed the Shark Whisperer, Kate is haunted by the memory of an attack of the attack and unable to get back in the water with bills piling up. Sounds so like fake. The bank <laughs> The bank is about to foreclose on Kate's boat. Kate's estranged husband, Jeff, presents her with a lucrative opportunity to lead a thrill-seeking millionaire businessman and his teenage son on a dangerous shark dive outside the cage. Battling her self-doubts and fear, 
Kate accepts the proposal and sets a course for the world's deadliest feeding ground, Shark Alley. <laughs> My God. I mean, All you right. had me a shark whisperer, but, but Shark Alley certainly seals the deal. Zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. Uh, looks like it had a very limited release. Oh, that's always a good sign. It was released on demand before it was released limited in theaters. So who's in this besides Halle Berry? Anybody we know? Oliver Martinez. And... Say that from uh, Unfaithful. Mm-hmm. And um, Ralph Brown, I guess, plays the millionaire. Holy shit, that's the guy who played Del Preston in Wayne's World 2. All right, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> So that's that's our angle. That's how we get yes. the comeback vehicle for Ralph Preston. Ralph Brown. Ralph Del Brown. Preston. Okay, and then it, Luke Tyler, I guess, plays his son, Luke Brady, because we mentioned the teenage son. Let's just cast Josh Gad as the teenage son. We'll go full, like, <laughs> grease with this and just cast, cast Gad as a teenager. But, I mean... Oh, man, and the poster is just so rough. Is there a shark in the poster? Uh, there's a, a shark fin over Dark Tide. <laughs> Does Halle Berry look very concerned? Yes. And <laughs> in the background, I guess that's Oliver Martinez, her husband. And uh, here we go. Tagline on the poster. In Shark Alley, courage runs deep. Does it have the... the self-awareness to be 90 minutes or less oh okay so john stockwell the director did into the blue and uh he also did blue crush so i guess that's his genre right there he's a he's a veteran of uh ocean movies he was also an actor in uh, top gun and he wrote rockstar that movie with um, marky mark yeah uh, it is, damn, dude, it's almost two hours, so no, it doesn't even have that going for it. <laughs> I mean... 30 minutes of setup first. Well, I it, it seems as though in this movie we're going to see Halle Berry at some point combat a shark, and I think we could get enough mileage from that alone. <laughs> I think we'll see both things. We'll see her uh, whisper a shark into submission, and then we'll also see her battle a shark in a more traditional way. So that's two for the price of one there. And mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you get to see Oliver Martinez get eaten by a shark. So that's always good. I'll take it. He's kind of a piece of shit and unfaithful. So, nah. uh, all right. Uh, next, Vanilla Sky. We did talk about that one. We just need to put Gad there. You slept with Julie Gianni again, didn't you? Julie's a friend. Sometimes we sleep together. You can do whatever you want with your life, but one day you'll know what love truly is. This easy. Actually, well, no. The, the first thing that came to mind is him replacing uh, Noah Taylor. And he becomes tech support. I agree with that. I was thinking about that earlier today because I knew we were doing this, and that to me was the most obvious one. So I agree. Now... The the less obvious way to go, but also on brand, is you replace Jason Lee. And so Josh Gad is, once again, the funny sidekick. Yeah. The funny sidekick that's kind of annoyed because he thought he had a shot with Penelope Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would actually, seeing Penelope Cruz and Josh Gad go back and forth would be a hell of a good time. All right, cool. We just made Vanilla Sky better. So <laughs> easy. 
Uh, this one, I don't know, Alex. Uh, is this the Eddie Murphy movie, Boomerang? I am Mr. Romance when I meet a woman, and then once I hit it, I lose interest, but that ain't my fault. When I decided to take over this company, I considered you a prime asset. I don't have any panties on. <laughs> yes. Eddie Murphy, Halle Berry, Robin Givens, Chris Rock. Is okay. He, yeah, is I remember. He a vampire? That. He's not a vampire in this one, right? That's a different movie. It's a rom com, and I'm looking at the poster now, and I remember the the VHS box art for this in the video stores growing up. Advertising executive Marcus Graham is a serial womanizer prone to lying to seduce women, but unwilling to commit until he finds the quote perfect woman. His friends Tyler and Gerald tell him his standards are too high, particularly his habit of judging women by their feet. And it looks like <laughs> what. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to assume this is rotten because the world was not ready for the Eddie Murphy food fetish movie. Yeah, okay, so Halle Berry is like the love interest in it now, just going through here. I mean, it looks like it comes down to uh, Robin Givens and Halle Berry, but he ends up with Halle Berry in the end. Because she has better feet? Uh, I I mean, one would assume. That's not my (laughs) bag, but, you know, if it is, go for it. (laughs) Wait, it's Eddie Murphy's bag in this movie, apparently. And actually, no, if you want to show real character growth, I think that he goes with the woman that has less pretty feet right that's how you know that he's grown as a character gray area 48 percent. well i mean we, we would say nice things about it yeah and it's written by um okay it's written by barry blostein who was the director of beyond the mat so i would <laughs> it would be very easy for me to point out his genius in it dave sheffield also from Saturday Night Live fame. Yeah, that'd be easy. And I mean, those early 90s movies are always, there's something to find to like them. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some problematic aspects to it, but it's got John Witherspoon in it too. That dude was so fucking funny. So Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy. I mean, we don't get enough movies with them together. Earth is the only one, actually. <laughs> Grace Jones. Hell yeah. Martin Lawrence. David Allen Greer. Oh, man. It's like yeah. all-stars. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm sold. And yeah, we can always it just... There is There are plenty of worthwhile Eddie Murphy movies that are not The Nutty Professor or uh, Beverly Hills Cop. You know, the big ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming to America. There's there's the hidden gems that kind of fell between the cracks. So They're not all yeah. first-round picks, man. So who's Josh Gadda here? All right. Having... No real familiarity with this. Just reading that Marcus Graham, who is Eddie Murphy, is an advertising executive. Uh, I would assume there are like some kind of interns or you know coworkers mm-hmm. that have maybe one or two lines in meetings in this movie or something like that. So I would put Josh Gad in that role. You know, he's really overworked and tired, and his hair's askew. He's got the five o'clock shadow going. And he says something like, you're telling me that now? Um, <laughs> and then one, there's one scene where they're like working late at night. And Gad is like, so what's what's the deal with you and women's feet? And they, yeah. have, a, they have a scene where they riff. They just go back and forth. And that's that's the one that people remember. And like, the, yeah, everyone comes back into the office the next day and they haven't gone home. They've just been there all night talking about feet. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, next, Zorro. We we did talk about Zorro. That's uh, for Antonio Banderas. Some say he's a legend. Zorro was a servant of the people. He did what was needed. Now he's needed again. Others, a ghost. Be careful, senorita. There are dangerous men about. So where do we put Gad? Can Gad replace Antonio Banderas as <laughs> a believable Zorro? Eh. Is it the, the Mask of Zorro or the Legend of Zorro? I don't think it was specified. And, I, and we kind of ended up talking about both. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, I mean, you might have to just based on the the players here. Or do you age Gad and you make him the old Zorro? So he's Anthony Hopkins. I mean, you can do that now. We have the technology. <laughs> yeah, back then we couldn't, but now you just because that's put one of those movies that, like, him. you know, not uh, we've talked about a few like, you know, loaded casts in a row, and that's one that it's just kind of the top players. I understand there's a lot of people in that movie, but yeah, we might just have to rely on computer graphics and get Gad old, and he is, you know. Don't you see, Antonio? I am you. Fifty years from now. <laughs> um, uh, this one, I, I'm. It says from dusk till dawn. Was that just? I don't think we we get any. I know Tom Cruise and Julia Roberts are definitely not there. Uh, I think they might have thrown it as a Banderas pick, but Banderas is not in it, uh, and Halle Berry's not in it. But just for fun, because it's out there, uh, where do you put Josh Gaddon from Dust Till Dawn? Tarantino's Does he replace role. Tarantino? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How about we put a real actor in the movie? That's an easy one. Thank you. <laughs> I can see Josh, or I can hear Josh Gad because it's so much fun, Jan. <laughs> Why the need for so much gruesome graphic violence? Why not let us imagine Because it's so it? much fun, Jan. Get really? it. Okay, Spy Kids, another Banderas. Uh, Banderas, Carlo Gugino, once again, showing up. I mean, you could put Gad in one of the supporting roles, uh, but I don't know, if you feel comfortable having him replace Cheech Marin or Danny Trejo. What'd you do? Your parents are international spies, but something's gone wrong. My parents can't be spies. They're not cool enough. That's cool. For Gad, I mean, is Alan Cumming the bad guy? Did we discuss that when we were watching? He's the bad guy, right? Oh, man. I haven't seen the first. I've seen the only the first one, and I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think he's a good guy, just because I remember the good guys are, you know, Chich Marin, Antonio Banderas, Carlo Gugino, and Danny Trejo. Or, okay, it looks like Tony Shalhoub plays the assistant to Alan Cumming, the bad guy. So you could do Josh Gad is like, you know, although he's played the second too many times, just make him, you know, <laughs> take Alan Cumming out of there. He's got enough money from Spice the World. Nightcrawler. X2, yeah, he'll be all right. Okay, or, again, because now we have the technology, you de-age Gad, and he's <laughs> one of the spy kids. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> and then he can also be in a... Rob Zombie's Halloween as a bonus. Jesus. <laughs> um, next, Philadelphia. That was another Antonio Banderas pick. I've uh, I've been fired. Plan on bringing a wrongful termination suit against Charles Wheeler and his partners. 
You want to sue Wyant, Wheeler, Hellerman, Tetlow, and Brown? Correct. I'm seeking representation. I misplaced an important complaint. That's their story. Want to hear mine? Like we said in the segment, it shows up for two scenes. One to uh, show that Tom Hanks has a boyfriend, and another one to remind people that Tom Hanks has a boyfriend <laughs> as he's dying. Uh, it's a rough one. Alex, where do you put Josh Gad in this hard-hitting drama? Mm. Can he replace Denzel? No. Oh, man, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. So I'm just going to say replace Bradley Whitford with Josh Gad. Jamie Collins is the character's (laughs) name. It's probably one of the lawyers. Like the whole thing is uh, Tom Hanks is suing the uh, firm that he works for because he feels like they discriminated uh, against him when they found out that he had AIDS. And Mm. there's a bunch of, you know, white dudes (laughs) this firm and they're the bad guys and so yeah i mean gat can be one of them he's played a lawyer before alex so he could if he wanted to play the denzel character i know uh it'll be quite a shift because they have different energy but i think that gat could do it okay next this one we didn't do uh the last two we didn't do on the on the segment four rooms that that was for banderas who shows up in one of the segments have you seen four rooms Please hold. It's New Year's Eve at the Monsignor Hotel. We have reservation. Where Madonna, Antonio Banderas, Academy Award winner Marissa Tomei, and other surprise guests are checking in. I travel late. Tim Roth stars as the lonely bellhop named Dead on his first day on the job, and he's in for the most outrageous night of his life. Okay, I was wanting to... Uh, verify it's what I was thinking of. I've seen the trailer for this movie like a bajillion times because it's on the VHS of Pulp Fiction that I have that I watched so many times when I was younger. Uh-huh. So I've seen the trailer for it numerous times and I always think of fucking um, Tim Roth and his little bellhop outfit. That's <laughs> always what comes to mind because it's a movie that has segments and I know Robert Rodriguez did one, Quentin Tarantino did one, and I don't know who did the other ones. I assume there's four different segments to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tarantino shows up to act in one, but I don't think it's the one he directed. Mm. Uh, man, I don't remember much about it. I just remember being thoroughly underwhelmed and I apologize because I know uh, Four Rooms has kind of a cult following. <laughs> so I already pissed off all the people that listened all the way to almost the end of this this little bonus episode. But um, I'm having trouble remembering even like what the segments are other than the, the very last one is uh, it's kind of like a take on uh, this this kind of like a famous or popular story about the guy that has to strike the lighter 10 times in a row. And if he wins, if, if he strikes him 10 times in a row, he wins money or something. But if he doesn't, if the, if the lighter fails at some point, then something bad happens. In this case, I think they cut his finger off or something. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Like that's, I want to say that that's, that's where Tarantino, Tarantino is like one of the people that's setting up this game. And uh, Banderas might be in this one as well. And uh, there's one that's about witches, which is really weird. And uh, I don't remember what the Robert Rodriguez one is, but the, the, the glue that ties it all together is Tim Roth. As yeah, the, Tim the Roth's in all of them, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of in between each story, you see him being just kind of quirky all around the the hotel. 
And uh, but I don't think that he actually actively takes part in any of them. You know, he's just kind of the he's just there. He shows up and takes you to the next one, uh, well, which would it. be Let's something. Just, yeah, we'll just replace him with Gad. There you go. This is Rodman, right? There's no way this is a fresh movie. It's ninety minute, ninety eight minutes. So there's a positive spin. Yeah, thirteen percent <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. There you go, and and yeah, it's ninety minutes, but divided by four. It's just four <laughs> stories, so that's how you that's how you handle it. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's this is a format that I think is underutilized, and this is what most what more directors should be using to kind of uh, give life to those projects that can't fit your standard mainstream length. You know, not everybody, not every idea has to be a ninety minute movie or a two hour movie and instead you can have this which is like a little short combine four shorts give me four rooms too and you know just get get other promising filmmakers here my four rooms would be um who do we put there you know pta david fincher uh <laughs> the safties the safties and uh Catherine bigelow Catherine bigelow <laughs> <laughs> yeah with josh what were you, what were you gonna say though who are you gonna throw in there Scorsese, just because I I run out of <laughs> ideas, you can oh. always you can always fall back on Scorsese. It was like it's reliable. I mean, you can do four rooms with the masters, right? So Scorsese, Spielberg, Coppola, and uh, fuck, I don't know, Uwe Boll. George Lucas, <laughs> Uwe Boll, <laughs> George Lucas. It's like uh, yeah, just all animatronics. Hmm, look at this. It's the it's the fourth room. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I think that I think that we can get some mileage just praising the format. Um, all right. And we're going to close Alex with Life Itself, which is a movie that we've actually, I brought up on the show because I, I saw it and I liked it. And it was at the time, I think 11% on Red Tomatoes. Abby, I'm waiting for the right moment because when I ask you out, there's not going to be any turning back for me. I'm not going to date anybody else for the rest of my life. I'm not going to love anybody else for the rest of my life. I'm waiting for the right moment because. When I ask you out, it's going to be the most important moment of my life. And I just want to make sure that I get it right. <laughs> life itself, not the documentary about Roger Ebert. I uh, Yes, I do remember you talking about this with uh, Lewin and um, Olivia Wilde, Olivia Cook, Annette Benning, Antonio Banderas, Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson, Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, it's also kind of like a, a series of stories, but in this case, they're more connected than, than in four rooms kind of like a generational thing i think uh, i said this to you when you brought this up this the name of this movie mixed with the poster just <laughs> makes this movie seem absolutely insufferable oh and and it's uh uh written and directed by the people that did oh god what's that movie we hate with steve carell and uh julianne moore oh dan fogelman crazy stupid love yes yeah but he wrote fred claus and bolt Mm-hmm. so <laughs> It's like reverse redemption. <laughs> and cars. I like cars. Cars gets up too much shit. Uh, okay. All right, I see. Again, it's like four rooms. It's broken down into five chapters, so we could talk about the underutilized format, um, about how more movies need Oscar Isaac as a leading man and not just as Poe Dameron. <laughs> does, a, does Annette Benning do much in it? Because we could always talk about how underutilized she is. She she has a, a one scene at the beginning. I mean, she well no, she kind of she's peppered through the first segment and then then that's it. She's gone. But still, I mean, you know, that's kind of like the beauty of it. With these 
type of movies, you can just get big name actors and tell them, look, we just need you for a day, two days tops. But that means that we get to put your name on the poster. And mm-hmm. uh, we just, it's, it's like a buffet of really good performances. Uh, Mandy Patinkin is in it too, I think for, you know, one segment and, and he's great. And it's just, is it Fogelman? That's Dan Fogelman. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah. It, there is, uh, I think, an unabashed uh, sentimentality to his writing and uh, he swings for the fences. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Oh, and you, you got uh, Samuel L. Jackson narrating. So we could talk about how, you know, Denzel, Leif Schreiber, Matthew McConaughey get too many of the good narrating jobs and Samuel <laughs> needs needs more of them. Uh, yeah, he's he needs he needs to spread his wings beyond Tarantino and the MCU. I mean, I, I don't know why. That's how you make money. But yeah, <laughs> to satisfy his creative cravings. Oh, yes. Um, which I'm sure remains for Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Um, where do you put Josh Gad here, Alex? I know you you haven't seen the movie, but could he replace Poe Dameron? Do no. you buy Olivia Wilde and uh, Josh Gad as a couple? I do not. No. So let's oh, see. Oh, shame. He's, they're actors, Alex. They can make you believe this. I guess that's true. I'm trying to remember who else is in it. Uh, so Banderas, the, the the story that that um, it might involves... have to be we replace <laughs> Banderas. Oh no no no. <laughs> Well, I mean, if it wasn't frowned upon, um, the story that, that Antonio Banderas is part of is like he is this rich man and he has a, he owns like a vineyard or something and, and there's a guy that works for him and uh, and Banderas likes him and he, he kind of begins to do like really nice things for him and his wife and, and you know, this guy's wife and the guy's uh, Mexican and or he may be from Spain. I'm trying to remember. I know Banderas is playing a guy from Spain. Maybe a guy from Spain. But I was going to say, <laughs> Josh Gad could play that guy because the whole idea is that the guy feels like he can't measure up to Antonio Banderas because Antonio Banderas has all this money and he starts getting jealous of the attention that Banderas is giving his wife. And uh, so it's a juicy role. And I remember I didn't really think that the actor that was playing it really did as much as he could uh, with it. And so... Josh Gatt could could just he could play this cuck <laughs> that <laughs> that feels uh, uh like he can't live up to the to what Banderas is putting out there. So why not? You know, just put uh, he doesn't have to be Hispanic. You know, you can just make him a transplant. He was an American that's living in Europe. Let's do it. All right, there you go. And honestly, I I, I like life itself a lot. So. I'm not going to make you watch it because you're right. You would hate it. But (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right. So that that closes it down, Alex. 18 movies, not counting the very first thing that they, uh, our friend John Amenta from The Pint threw out there was Avengers Endgame. And then then he realized what the parameters were. And it was like, oh, no, never mind. I take it back. So, and we've done episode 100. Uh, no, episode 99 was uh, mm-hmm. Avengers in Game. So you can just go back and listen to that. Uh, I guess let's close with that. Where do you put Josh Gad in Avengers uh, Endgame? Uh, Thanos. <laughs> um, I don't re- fucking remember. Like every- Everyone's in that. Ant-Man, Hawkeye. Yeah, I don't know. Who does John Favreau play? in? He's still the limo driver for Tony Stark, right? Right, yeah. Shows up at yeah. the end for the funeral. 
You know, your dad liked cheeseburgers. Okay. I'm gonna get you all the cheeseburgers you want. Okay. <laughs> It'd be funny. You just uh, you recast uh, Happy Hogan, but just for this scene. So it's been John Favreau through the entire you know 19 movies, and then at Tony Stark's funeral, it's uh, Josh Gad. That would be tremendous. <laughs> just because so yeah let's just do that for the the sake of confusing people <laughs> okay i love it there you go josh gad is a new happy hogan you're welcome everybody and thank you again for uh supporting the live stream supporting our, yeah. our segment uh we'll be there next year hopefully you will be there as well it was a blast and yeah we appreciate the support and everything Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll be back there next year with four new actors. We'll do something else. Uh, but that's it for this uh, uh, live stream overtime. And now we return you to your scheduled main feed. Thank you. Take care. Goodbye. That's